Ladies and gentlemen, All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas welcomes you to All Saints Coffee Chats. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today for Coffee Chat. We're glad you are with us. I'm Chelsea, uh, joined by Paul Bianchi and our special guest, Deacon Mark Vinacasa. Hopefully I said that correctly. Yes, you did. Glad you're with us, Deacon Mark. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Glad you're all back here um, each week to our faithful followers. Um, and if you're new, glad you jumped on. Um, hope you enjoy our coffee chat today. Um, if you have questions, you can put them there in the comment box for Deacon Mark. If you have questions, you can put them there in the comment box for Deacon Mark or for myself or for Paul. Um, and we will get to those along the way. All right, so let's just dive right in. Deacon, would you uh, pray for us as we get started? And then That'll we'll, be great. we'll get into some questions. Yes, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, we thank you for all you have provided for us. We thank you for our lives, for all that you've created. We thank you for this technology that you offer for us so that we can spread your light to others. Please help this time be something that allows us to celebrate you and allows us to help strengthen the faith of us and those watching. We ask for this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All saints. Pray for us. All saints. Yeah. All right, so let's just dive right in. The first question we always like to ask, especially here at All Saints, is do you have a favorite saint? A favorite saint? Well, I actually, um, I wore my special socks today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I've heard about him. No, hang on I've a second. Hold yes, on. I knew you Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Look at that. The same one, Saint Pope John Paul II. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fantastic. So for me, I would say <laughs> we did not plan this. So oh. I would say it's Saint Pope John Paul II because I I came to the faith later, and I really. Could relate to him because he 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 traveled you know he yeah. was here he was in san antonio shortly after i left and he was just so loving and so appreciative of the youth and yes. and i that that really made an impression on me and um and i i felt like i kind of knew him yeah. because he was so available such a you know, people person yeah Absolutely. through the media yes. so so i would say that's why yeah that's great so I decided that this week I was going to try to do a little research, do some things a little different. And so I started looking at the patron saint for dentists, Ooh. which is St. Apollonia. Right? I didn't know that. And the, the, the best part, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that the church is so funny with the way it does things. Like St. Lawrence is the patron of barbecue mm -hmm. because he was cooked alive. Yes. St. Apollonia was a martyr in the year 249, and she was captured. Uh, as Christians were being persecuted. And the reason why she's the patron saint for dentists is because they smashed all of her teeth out before killing her. Ouch. Yeah, so I'm not sure why they did that, but as she, she, was, uh, she was martyred as a virgin who stood up for the faith for the young women that were around in the year uh, 249 and 250 and in Alexandria. And so she was captured and continued praying for all of the people who had captured her. And they wow. still, uh, you know, unfortunately, they were executed. The persecution of the church uh, has lasted for a very long time. Um, but, yeah, 
It, she, she's fascinating. So. so she prayed for those that... They were going to kill her. Yeah, while, while they were doing it. And, and so the, the kind of... Um, the way the story kind of goes is that they were violently ripping out her teeth and smashing her teeth. And even in the midst of that, she was praying uh, for the people that were doing it to her. Wow. Yeah. Oof. So. Well, that resonates with me with Pope's, well, St. Pope John Paul II, too, because he offered his forgiveness to the person that the shot person him. Shot and that really him. affected yeah. me, too. I mean, yeah. that was really powerful. To, you know, just like a something for the public to see and witness. That yes. It's really special. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly, he was at John Paul II's canonization, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Wow. The, guy, the guy who shot him actually went to the canonization. I think he went to the canonization. John Paul II, yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, that's an incredible story. Great story. Uh, that he went right to him in prison and, and visited him and yeah. prayed for him and forgave him. And yeah. A very amazing witness, for sure. You got any? No, but I mean, I can definitely um, have a great appreciation for uh, St. John Paul II. Um, I've talked about it before and going to Poland to Wildeute and got to go visit his hometown. Wow. Um, and I'm not going to even try to butcher the <laughs> uh, Polish name of his hometown. Um, I could spell it, saying it, nah, I'm not going to try. Um, but being able to like witness his, his home and learn more about his life was really a beautiful experience. That would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, our next question that we always like to ask is, uh, do you have a, a favorite scripture passage? Yes, I've actually had one for quite a long time. So when it's from a, an, a unique, more unique book. The okay, book of, I know where you're going. Because uh, I read the newsletter. Yes, I'm very yes. excited for you to share yes. yes, it's from the book of Sirach. And it goes like this. It's Sirach 11, verse 21. And it goes, do not marvel at the works of a sinner but trust in the Lord and wait for his light for and then it goes <laughs> it's my favorite it's not like a mantra it. but it's one of my favorites but wait for his light because it's easy in the eyes of the Lord to make the poor rich suddenly and in an instant so when that's what happened to me I just I, I was spiritually poor, and in 2007, I went on one of those chirp weekends, and I became spiritually rich, like yeah. literally, like in in an instant. It, and so that's why that verse is very special for me. Yeah, and that that launches us right into to the next question, then, which would be well, actually, before we get to that, do you have any scripture passages that are not, not at this moment that's that are really kind of striking me? Yeah. yeah. I really, um, I love this upcoming Sunday's gospel. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have reflection video and all that stuff coming up for that anyway. But it's it's Peter walking on water. Um, that he actually walks on water. He doesn't just stand there. Mm -hmm. um, but he walks. Um, but getting back to what, what you were just saying, with that scripture passage and the experience that you had with the chirp retreat, why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey? We know that, um, well... For those of you who are All Saints parishioners, you got the newsletter, you got you know some of the journey, but we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into it. I guess we can start off uh, for you as a young person, uh, you had attended All Saints. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. So why don't we go from there? Okay. So so I grew up out in a suburb of New York City, and um, it was my dad's job that brought us up there, and it was his job that brought us back to Dallas, 
And so when we moved back to Dallas, um, we were looking for a Paris. So I wasn't born yet when we were in Dallas, so it was like a new thing for me. And so I was 14, and we looked at St. Rita's and St. Mark's, mm. and we looked at St. Joseph's and St. Paul's, and All Saints at the time was meeting at the elementary school that's just yeah, south and west Wood. of here, Prestonwood yeah. Elementary. And, um, and they were talking about building a church. And so I was involved in the, there was like a high school program, and we combined a lot of things with St. Rita's at the time. I remember going to St. Rita's in their gym and having some youth activities there. But for me, it was more of a social thing then. Right. And then um, I went off to college at Texas A&M, and they have a very vibrant community at St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. yes. And I attended St. Mary's, but I wasn't ready yet for all the becoming part of the community. I had my friends, I was in college, you know, I was wanting, you know, I, I wanted to have fun and, yeah. and, and, and I needed to study because I knew I was going to dental school. So, so I went to mass every Sunday night and then like the second semester, the priest, I think his name was Father Mike, he, I would just say hi and goodbye to him. But there was one time leaving mass on a Sunday night where he said, I want you to call me tomorrow morning. And I had never really spoken to him before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why do you want me to call you? He said, just call me tomorrow morning. So I called him on Monday morning and I said, Father Mike, you wanted me to call you? And he said, yes. He said, I want you to be a Eucharistic minister. Mm. And I was like, well, why do you want me to be a Eucharistic minister? I'm like, I know the other Eucharistic ministers and I'm not like them. He said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, well, I know they're active in the Catholic Student Association and in the Newman Club, and, um, and I'm not. And so I, I, I don't feel like I'm like them. And he's like, well, why don't you want to be in those organizations? And I said, I'm sure they're very good, but on Wednesday night, I, have, I do other things. And he was like, well, what do you do on Wednesday night? Well, I'm with my friends and I go out with my friends. <laughs> and so, so he said, well, Mark, we need a disciple wherever you are. And I'm like, well, I don't really feel like a disciple when I'm out with my friends. And he said, well, you are a disciple wherever you go. And I'm okay with your going out with your friends on Wednesday if you would be a Eucharistic minister. So I was like, that took out my reason yeah. not to, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so I became a Eucharistic minister. So times where I think God was trying to get me connected, but yeah. I, I just wasn't ready yet. So then I went to dental school, continued going to Mass every Sunday night, and then I came back here, and they built, they had built a church already, and so um, they had a singles group, and so I got in the singles group. And so that was a social thing, and I met my wife like in 1987, 88, and um, we got engaged in 89, and um, we got married at, here at All Saints in January 1991. So the desert storm had started on Thursday night, the encounter right. in, in Iran, and, um, and that Sunday, two, Saturday, two days later, was when we had our wedding. Wow. Yeah. And that was the first time a, a military conflict like that was on TV. I remember watching, oh yeah, the, yeah. the bombs I and the, I remember CNN and, being in the hotel yes. and the bombs going off. That's got to be a scary environment to get married in. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, and it was you know, you know how we have to get to the airport now for yeah. TSA. Well, they wanted us to get to the airport for our honeymoon like two hours early. Yeah, and so that was when um, they first started implementing that. Yes, yes. Uh, I remember that. 
So, so with, we were active in this, the young Marriott's group, um, but they were building this new Paris in Plano, mm -hmm. and a lot of the young couples are starting to move to that one. And so we asked Father Raphael Camel, who was the founding pastor mm -hmm. here, if they were going to have a school, because that was really important to my wife. I went to public schools my whole life, but my mm -hmm. wife went to Catholic schools up till high school, mm -hmm. and she wanted our kids in Catholic schools. So Father Camel said, no, we're not going to have a school. Yeah. And so that was why we left. We left to the Catholic community of Plano, which of course became Prince of Peace. Right. And we had five kids in seven years, and, and, um, and four of them went to the Catholic school. Mm. And, um, and we got very involved you know, in the community. Mm -hmm. But I still wasn't like really spiritually active yet. Yeah. And um, they started the CHIRP program in the fall of, of um, 2006. Okay, so CHIRP is Christ Renews His Parish. And okay. it's here. We too. do have it here. Yes, we do. We have a, a group that we try to, they go spring uh, for the guys, or sorry, they go uh, fall for the guys and fall for the girls, spring for the guys, spring for the girls. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, I think here we do it, uh, um, Friday, Saturday, something? At Prince of Peace, it was Saturday morning, you get there at like 8 yeah, or 8.30, Saturday, 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 Saturday and then you're finished Sunday. at like Sunday at 3 in the yeah. afternoon. Um, okay, and so that for you was kind of a, a, a moment of, of conversion. It was huge. Yeah. Yes. Because it was, uh, I was, I was personally going through a tough time, mm -hmm. um, you know, like in 1999, the Aggie bonfire went down, yes. and, and I had a good friend die of a heart attack um, on a camp out with his daughter. Um, then relatives dying, friends have a daughter with cancer dying, you know, just grandparents dying, and the economy started going sour in 2000 yeah. here That's in correct. Dallas, and, yeah. and had a lot of patients that were losing their jobs, and um, they would come in, you know, with maybe accepting a job at less pay, and we're having a hard time. Or maybe they didn't have a job yet, so they could only do very little in the office, and were definitely struggling. Yeah. And um, and I, I, that affected me. You know, all of that affected me because I didn't have a faith to ground me. Mm -hmm. And so, with all these things happening at the same time, I was kind of like, almost kind of like losing hope. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't want to die. It wasn't like that, but I just didn't understand why all this was happening. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me, and I was looking. You know, I was searching self-help books. I was. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't know what. I didn't know where to look. Yeah. And um, and we heard this chirp thing was going on, and my wife tells me she signed up. You know, like in February of '07, yeah. she tells me she signed up for her retreat in March. So I didn't want her to experience something I didn't understand. And I really didn't see how a retreat could possibly help. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> so fair. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So, but I didn't want her to experience something I didn't understand. So I signed up for it, and she didn't force me to do it. I just felt like I needed to do it. Yeah. And um. And I remember someone calling me the Wednesday before the retreat, and he wanted to make sure I understood I shouldn't bring my watch or my phone, and make sure I had a, a sleeping bag, and um. And he says, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. And that like freaked me out. Yeah. I was really uncomfortable that someone I didn't know mm -hmm. was praying for me. That's just where I was at. So I feel like I should apologize for it. But when you don't know 
what you're missing, it's hard to apologize for it. So, <laughs> but I still feel like apologizing for it. So I don't want you to feel like you got a defective deacon here. So, um, so, so that Friday night before the retreat, I was like wondering if I wanted to do this thing or not. But it was probably the first time I really prayed to God since I was a kid. Yeah. So here I am, 45 years old. And I'm asking God, I'm like, I don't know what, why I'm losing hope. I don't know. All this stuff is going on, mm -hmm. and it's really affecting me. And I don't know why it's happening, and I'm in a bad way. And I don't know what this weekend can possibly do for me. Mm -hmm. But I just want you to know that I'm open to whatever you have for me. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, what can he possibly have for me? You know, because my view of God was that he was far away. Yeah. And I thought we were kind of on our own. And I knew we would see him again in the end time at some point. But I really thought we were like on our own. So I'm praying this and I'm sincere about it. But at the same time, I'm like kind of doubting if he hears anything. Yeah. So, so I'm open to whatever happened. And... What happened on that weekend was more than I could have possibly imagined. Mm -hmm. So so there was the sacrament of reconciliation is mm -hmm. what really broke me open because it was the first time I had ever done it properly. I don't know if like I went through my, my CCD, yeah. you know, and I went through my sacraments and I went through confirmation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we were taught on the sacrament of reconciliation but I don't know if I wasn't listening or if I wasn't paying attention mm. or if maybe they taught it in a way that was just kind of remote and you just did it, you know? And I'm just like, I hit my brother. I don't listen to mom and dad. Okay, say five <laughs> yeah. Hail Marys yes. and you're done, you know? And it just didn't, I just didn't as an adult understand what that was all about. Right. So on the retreat, our founding pastor at, at Prince of Peace, Father Jim Ballant, had this wonderful talk that he would do on the sacrament of reconciliation. And so he, he offered this to us on the retreat. And I didn't know the sacrament was going to happen. So when they told us, I was really nervous. Yeah. So Father Jim basically told us, he said, I don't want to know everything you've ever done, but what is it about you that doesn't feel worthy of God's love? Mm. And mm. I had no idea that that's what this was about. Right. I, I, I mean, I, the hair was standing on my arms, and I was just like, wow. I, I, was, I just had no idea. Yeah. And like, what, what, what prevents you from being open to having a relationship with God? So, so I did have something that was blocking me. I mean, just how I felt about myself and, and, and this life that was, was happening. On, yeah. and, but I didn't understand what having a relationship with God was either. Yeah. I mean, certainly we moved to Dallas, and, and there were a lot of evangelicals and that talk about having a relationship with Christ. I didn't know what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. and, and so the guys on the retreat, you know, the, they, they were given their life stories to some degree, and they were talking about finding God in their life or always having it, mm -hmm. and I didn't understand. But so, so I went to my confession wanting to refine the a prayer life mm -hmm. and and find a relationship with God that these guys were talking about and I wanted I wanted to feel worthy mm -hmm. and so I offered that 
to Father Roberto Butuan, who was from the Philippines. I don't understand a word he said, so I didn't hear, I, didn't, I don't know what my penance was. I don't know if I ever did it. But, um, but when I left the reconciliation room, I mean, I used to cry talking about this. Yeah. But when I left that reconciliation room, that feeling that I had about me that didn't feel worthy, it was gone. Yeah. It was just like instantly gone. And, and this weight that I felt that I carried with me since I was an early teen, it was gone. I mean, I, and I'm a math and science guy, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what ha I did not know what <laughs> Where did happened. Where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs> I didn't know what happened. Yeah. And so the only thing I could think of was God was here. I mean, that, that was my rationalization. Yeah. You know, it's like there's nothing else that could have possibly happened but for God to be here. And yeah. that, that changed me. I mean, to know that God was here in this life, yeah. you know, with me right there at mm. Prince of Peace, that, that's like changing out your eyeglasses that you, you should have done five years ago. Right. You know, and you yeah. see the blades yeah. of grass and you see the, yeah. the like, tree oh, leaves and stuff. New, it's like a whole yes. new way of looking at the that. life. And, and, and not ever since then, Literally, ever since then, every hour, I'm not going to say every minute, because that maybe wouldn't be true, but every hour I'm aware of God's presence, yeah. ever since that day in 2007. And so that changed me immensely. And shortly after that, I, I somehow learned to hear God speaking to me yeah. through my voice in my head. But I used to have these voices that would tell me how I was inadequate or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was able to like get deeper inside there and hear that small, gentle, still voice that yeah. we hear about. Yeah, that's you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm in like constant yes. communication now with that silent, still voice. And and it's real. I mean, it's real. I mean, that's that's why I'm here. I mean, if I didn't have that voice, I wouldn't be here. There's no way I'd be yeah. here. You know, it just changed me immensely. And and it was soon after that when I, this voice was telling me that I need to go into the diaconate. Wow. And so I had not, I'd, I'd never seriously considered it before. I mean, I was never really in a liturgical role outside right. of being a Eucharistic minister those couple of years, yeah. you know, at Texas A&M. So this was like really different. And, um, and it was somewhere where I felt like I needed to go and and yes, it's not where I was planning to go, but what happened to me was just so amazing that I felt like I had to respond. You know, yeah, I just felt absolutely. like I f my life has changed. You know, yeah, I just felt absolutely. like I f my life has changed. You know, God changed my life. It's like, God, if you want me to be a deacon, I, I'm i gonna like discern that, you know? And so that started in 2007 and so the next class didn't officially start until 2012, and I did enter that, but we had a daughter that was going through multiple surgeries, and so the diocese asked me to reapply for 2014. So I continued my discernment, and my wife and I started in 2014, and we were in it solid through ordination, which was June 20th of yeah. this year. Yeah, that's beautiful. So it is, it Thank is. You. I still, I, mean, I still um, am very, um, amazed by it all. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just in awe of mm -hmm. where this life has taken me. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's some some beautiful 
things that you share in that journey that all of us can can look at and, and take and, and recognize in our own lives. We've got um, these different phases of darkness that were going on, right? You mentioned the bonfire, your friend passing away, the financial turmoil and all of those things. And then you, you went from that and you said, I was open to receiving finally, you know? And I, and I think so often in our lives, we look at, you know, we, we, Andrew and I joke around all the time when we put the masks on about, you know, uh, the different Batman movies and, and wearing masks and we talk, you know, Bane saying that he's like, I was born in the darkness and laugh about that. But you have this moment that, that is talked about in, in The Dark Knight where he says that the night is always darkest just before the dawn, right? So we, we go through these dark spiritual moments in our life um, and then we have these huge resurrection moments, right? And, and if you're not open to it, it doesn't happen. And then there's a very key word that is spoken from, um, uh, you said, Father Jim, who said, what is it that's keeping you from recognizing God's love? Mm -hmm. And that's what we all struggle with, right? Because we go through these dark moments, and even when we start to be open, we still hear those voices that call us inadequate, <laughs> that we are so unworthy of God's love that, you know, we've, we've done retreats about this, we've done talks about it in our diocese and conference was about it one year, that like when we look at ourselves in the mirror, what we see is our sin. We see our brokenness, we see our struggles, we see all of the ways that we have failed to live up to our baptismal call. But God does not look at us with our sin. No. You know, he doesn't look at our brokenness, he looks at the beautiful creation that he has made, and when we finally recognize that, when we finally see that, when we finally see that it is God, a God who loves us in spite of our brokenness, mm -hmm. that we're always part of th that communion between him, you know, it's, it's the greatest love that there is, and, and I, I mean, we've all, I, you know, I'm sure everybody watching, you guys have probably all gone through different phases of this, and, and maybe you're in the phase of darkness right now, or maybe you're in that place where you're open, but you're still struggling. God loves you no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think, you know, that is such a beautiful message. And I thank you so much for sharing that journey uh, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Because, I, I mean, there are days where I go through all three phases. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, you have wonderful uh, saints like, uh, you know, St. Teresa of Calcutta who went through decades of darkness, oh, yeah. spiritual darkness. Oh, my. Yeah. But never stopped praying, never stopped, you know, very similar, right? right. You, you went because of the social aspect, which we know working in ministry for as long as we have, that's why most kids come. Right. It's, it's social, you know? And then they, they, then something clicks somewhere along the way. Oh, I got it. And now I want to be here all the time, not just because of social, but because God loves me and I, and I want to love him back. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have... Uh, you know, people who talk about, I'm always open, but I don't hear anything. I'm always open, and I don't hear anything. This upcoming Sunday's readings, we have the prophet Elijah, he's up at the Mount Horeb, and he's sitting there, and he's like, all right, God, I'm here. What do you want? And you've got the earthquake, and you've got the, the strong winds. You've got all these other things, but it's in that small whisper. Where That's it's, what it is. I'm here. Yeah. I'm right here, and um, I really feel like, for and, and uh, generalization, most people right now when they pray, 
they're saying so much and never listening. And never listening, yeah. And because they don't listen, they, they miss that small voice. That reminds me when I had my confirmation, we had to have a, we went to the rectory, which was kind of scary, you know, in seventh grade, and you had a one-on-one -on -one interview with the priest, yeah. you know, to make sure you're like ready for confirmation. And to, to what you were saying, he said, do you pray? And I said, yeah. yeah. I mean, we like said grace or, you know, not a whole lot. But he said, well, when you pray, do you ever listen? And I, I bet I looked at him like he dropped out of a UFO. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know what he was Listen talking to about. What? Yeah. But and I didn't really understand that until I was forty-five. Yeah. But um, but to your point, I mean, God is always reaching to us. He's always we 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 maybe occupy ourselves. We put those things in our ears, or we're like constantly yeah. got a screen in front of us. And for some of us, maybe it's because we don't want to be alone. You know, because yeah. because when you're alone, you like face these things like on who you are or mm -hmm. who you are to other people or how your life is going. But that's that's where God really communicates with me the most intimately is yeah. when when I'm alone. And, and to your point also, you know, we feel like a lot of us feel like we're not worthy. And, and there's times when that can still come to me now. You know, certainly as a deacon, there's times when I feel like I'm not really worthy of all this. But I've been through so much that I really realized that, you know, a friend had the, a friend of mine told me this. It might be attributed to someone else. And, and, and in whatever we do in our life, it applies to all of us. And it's that God doesn't call the prepared, but God prepares the called, mm -hmm. you know. And so, so I definitely felt called. To be a deacon and so since 2007 i've been open to god preparing me for this mm -hmm. so so and in having this faith i see myself much more through the eyes of god better yeah. than i ever did before so it's easy to think that we're inadequate mm -hmm. but god doesn't see us that way to your point as well and we can also think well god doesn't make garbage i mean we're all <laughs> that's right <laughs> I mean, everything that god makes is good you know yeah. he said it's good yeah. not perfect but good, good you know and we're just supposed to take that good and use it to show his goodness yeah. god's goodness so that we can get all of us together on this journey towards salvation and that's absolutely. what this life is all about absolutely yeah do we have uh do you have any questions that have come in yeah, um, okay. those of you just joining us, thanks for joining us. We are here um, with Deacon Martha Nakasa, um, who is a newly ordained deacon assigned to our parish here at All Saints, and we're um, so blessed to have him um, at the parish as well as um, on our coffee chat here today. Um, thanks to Catherine and Teresa and MK for joining us, um, and all the rest of you out there. Um, if you're joining us, um, and we can acknowledge you if you put something in the chat, um, Facebook doesn't necessarily tell us that you were um, on, but there are 10 viewers. Um, so there are several more of you out there watching us. If you want to put a hello in the chat, um, we will um, say hello back to you. We do have a question coming in from Catherine. I'm missing all um, <laughs> What's that? I said I'm not getting any of this, but no. that's okay. Um, a question coming in from Catherine. Um, any advice for someone becoming a godmother, godfather? Um, such as how to be a spiritual mentor from afar, such as ways to pray for her goddaughter, etc. Do you have any advice for, for Catherine? 
I mean, I think certainly praying for her is a wonderful thing. Um, it's very supportive and it strengthens your faith as well. Um, and I guess like as far as you said from afar, so I guess you're out of town and it's difficult to have contact. And so I would say it would be important like for birthday cards and or 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 for any kind of cards that they be Christian based. Mm. You know, maybe visit your local, you know, Catholic bookstore or you know some some faith based thing. And then the gifts, I think you know, the kids like to have their you know, their games or whatever they like to have. But I think it's also important to have some kind of a spiritual gift as well to just kind of keep their mind on the faith. Mm. You know, and it could be a rosary, a medal, um, a, a, a special Bible, maybe some special uh, reflection books, mm -hmm. especially appropriate for their age. I know you've kind of talked about that yeah. on past episodes. Um, but the, I think there's a lot that can be done from afar in this way. And the phone calls, the kids love texting, mm -hmm. you know, so I think texting is a great way to just communicate and just, mm -hmm. you know, let her know, let her know you're thinking of them and, and praying for them and, and, um, and maybe bless them, you know, through a text. Uh, I, I think just maintaining that that spiritual theme in your relationship and and whatever. You, and part of it can just be in just being loving and kind, you know, because a lot of times it's just portraying who Jesus is to others that can be very noticeable to people, and and they and that might prompt questions. You know, you're always in a good mood, or you're so joyful, or you know, why are you like that? Yeah. You know, and it can open up opportunities in a non-confrontive way um, to talk about the faith and to talk about what Christ means to you or whatever the question has to do with. So I think it's a great question, mm -hmm. and I hope that some of these things help. And if y'all can think of anything else. Yeah, please. I mean, I, I think whenever you can celebrate, um, it, like, big moments in the faith, you know, if, if you could, yes, absolutely, birthdays, um, celebration of baptism, baptism day. days, yeah. Um, you know, if you, if, well, if you're the godparent, you know when your the child was baptized. So, celebrate that, and then also namesake. Um, so for our family, um, you know, we celebrate uh, the feast days of our kids' names. You know, so our youngest one is Zelly. We celebrate um, the the feast day of Louis and Zelly Martin. We do a special blessing for her. And do a special thing that day so and then different sacraments you know we were very blessed that our daughter was able to receive first communion yesterday we had a big party kind of thing party being our family <laughs> yay social distance um but yeah i mean we were we, you know we just made it a special day we, we had a cake we 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 did a special dinner for her we had the mass uh yesterday and it was live stream so we just we tried to you know and mm -hmm. so you just celebrate those days you know her godparents reached out and they prayed for her and you know mm -hmm. it's just a um you do that and then of course like deacon was saying i mean it be a witness um yeah. constant witness you know we've gone um in the catholic church especially in the united states we've we've really lost sight of the idea that godparents journey with their these children forever. I mean, it, it, if you look at canon law, we, we were joking about the book being on the table earlier. Um, the godparents were actually supposed to be the people who took care of the children if anything ever happened to the parents, right? Which is not the case anymore. Um, they're also supposed to be confirmation sponsor, mm -hmm. which is again not the case not anymore. A case, lot of yeah. times. Um, 
So yeah, the godparents, you know, it's it's an incredibly important role, and you just you witness to them. I mean, pick up the phone, do a video call if you have to, whatever it is, because if you are far away, you want them to be familiar with your face, what mm -hmm. you look like, and, and those things. And you know, a lot of us are far away, even from our neighbors now because mm -hmm. of everything that's going on. So uh, yeah, just be in there, constantly yeah. be in there as much as you can be. I would echo that as well, um, celebrating those important days, baptism. Um, actually, my godson's baptism date is coming up. I think August 26th, Peyton was baptized. Um, gosh, it's been eight years now. Um, but, you know, even just, it doesn't have to be a huge celebration, but, you know, recognizing those days, and I'm kind of realizing that probably as a godmother, I should be doing more. Um, but I think also being in support of the parents, um, whether it's in the faith or kind of indirectly through what they may need help with, um, that we're spiritually supporting the family as a whole of like, oh, hey, let me help you out with the kids or, um, and the parents can, you know, take, have some, some time for themselves um, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, great. Is there more? Hello, Luke. Thanks for joining us. So I, I got a question for you. In your discernment of the diaconate and, and going to all of the classes in preparation, was there anything that uh, when you heard from any of the, the teachers or, or professors or other deacons about the faith that was like, oh, I never knew that. Like the, the big like, oh, wow, that's, that changes everything. Other than the God's love from uh, <laughs> Father, mm -hmm. Father Jim. Well, they, I mean, they, I don't know if there was anything major. There was a lot I didn't know, yeah. you know, because I didn't have a formal Catholic education. Mm -hmm. And I felt kind of guilty. You know, some of us in the program were able to pursue a master's degree. And I wasn't planning on doing that. Yeah. But, um, but my wife and Deacon Richard Nelson yeah. were very involved in um in asking me to reconsider my decision okay to pursue the master's degree and so i felt kind of guilty doing that because i didn't have a bachelor's degree in theology, theology or biblical right. sciences or whatever so i felt like i had a lot of catching up to do so so I, but but kind of to answer your question what changed a lot for me was was the definition of church yeah. you know because because yeah. for me before everything, you know, my definition of church, the hierarchy was a big part, you know, of my my um, thinking of who the Catholic Church was, or the church building, you know, and then at Prince of Peace, and we were only there because there was no school that was going to be here, but but we, <laughs> we, I, but I love that community, yes. and I'm and I'm loving being here, and um, but being part of that Prince of Peace community. I mean, and Father Jim Ballant was very strong at letting us know that Christ was present in the people. Yes. And mm -hmm. and that that was a big thing for me, was to learn that. And I was there for years before I really understood that. I don't think I understood it until after my church experience, because mm -hmm. I just wasn't there. I just, but, but to me now, the church is even beyond the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see every human being as part of God's church. Yeah, the body and, of Christ. And so, so with all the education I've had, you know, it's been a Catholic education, but I have this openness to 
everyone you know and i feel like we're all in this together and and we're all created by the same god and we're all loved by the same god and to me that that should have a way of putting down all the divisions we put up mm. you know mm. whether it be by race or country yes. or religion i mean I, I i just all of those divisions for me they're pretty much gone i mean i feel like if god loves every person then in some way i need to love every person as well yeah. and it, it and all the rest doesn't matter so it, it it really hurts to see all the division that we have in our mm -hmm. society now and they're all part of our church yeah yeah it's um you know i i've always loved the uh, universal definition of catholic right catholic mm -hmm. means universal it's, it's everyone you know jesus's mission to uh the, the people that, that so much of, of scripture, especially in the gospels, when, when Jesus is addressing the disciples, I always feel like they're still thinking in the mindset of like, it's only the Israelite people that we're saving, right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus has to constantly remind them like, no, 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 I'm bringing everybody with me. Right. We're all going home, you know, we're all going back to the, to the Father. And um, it is, it's a really hard time to look at the division that's happening uh, in our country, and, and it doesn't matter if, like you said, it, it race or sex or political belief or whatever it is, like the, the foundational piece, the bottom line, we are all sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Exactly. We're all part of the same mm -hmm. family. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it's very hard to see. I, when, when I started here at All Saints seven years ago, um, I remember having the conversation with in a, in a staff meeting where I said, every encounter that a person has with you is an opportunity for them to encounter Jesus Christ. Right. Like, you're all youth ministers now. <laughs> Congratulations. Every young person that walks into this building, when they talk to you, they better be talking to Jesus Christ. Because if not, we're all failing. Like, and it goes the same like outside of the walls of the church, right? Every conversation I have with somebody, if I'm not acting in a Christ-like manner, I'm, I'm failing to do what I was called to do through my baptism. Right. Um, and so that's how we witness to people. And, and, you know, I definitely fall short of being a model of Christ very often, unfortunately. But yeah, the, seeing the division that's happening is, is it's devastating in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, we, we want people to know that, that they are loved by God, by, by others, and, and praying for all of the stuff that's going on for sure mm -hmm. so i have a question for you deacon mark yes so i know you're a dentist yes how long have you been a dentist since 1986. wow so how would you say that your faith impacts your work as a dentist and has that changed since i guess your reversion if you will yes. pre-reversion post reversion to the church it um you know, I, I wanted to be a dentist since I was four. So it was a very passionate thing of mine. And I wanted to help people. But after my trip retreat, I don't know what it was. It was one day I'm in my office and I'm about to go examine a patient in the hygiene room. And, and this thought came to me. When you go in that hygiene room and do your exam, just totally focus on the patient. Just just like really do everything you can to get rid of anything that's in your mind and just be totally attentive to the patient. So, so, so this is like a, a, 
I always had, you know, tried, but you know, you worry about things and stuff. But this is soon after my retreat and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna like, just love her basically, you know, and just be very attentive to her and not acting weird or anything. So I go in there like I do any other time, you know, and I started talking to her about how she was and, 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 and that kind of thing before I did my exam. And within like a minute or two, she started crying. And I, I was like in my mind going, oh my gosh, because that had never happened before. Mm. And it does, and it hasn't happened much since, but it was almost like this, God was wanting to show me something. Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, was I need to bring my faith to my practice. And so when, when the patient was, she was apologizing for crying and she didn't know why. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I think it was just because I was really caring for her and mm -hmm. I was really attentive. And I think that that's really missing in our lives, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and, and I, I bring that to when I go to the dry cleaners or when I, you know, or I'm at 7-Eleven or a quick trip or whatever. I'm, I'm like attentive to the person yeah. and I know they're not crying every time, but, but it, that's just what I think we need to do. And, um, so my faith, I try to bring to wherever I go, and it's definitely in my practice. Mm -hmm. And I've had some patients say, did something happen a couple of years ago? Because you're different, you know? Right. And I love to hear that. Yeah. Because I really want that to be part of who I am, mm -hmm. and wherever I am. And every, and every encounter I have with someone, I want it to be defined by my faith. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely makes a huge difference when you go to the dentist or a doctor. Um, and you're treated as a person and not, right. um, and they really are willing to have conversations of how their medical advice is going to impact you as a human and really um, look at you that way versus, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm in here to, to get through my patient schedule for the yes. day and, you know, I'm just doing that, doing what I need to do. And it definitely impacts people's lives. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's, I, you know, I, I, it's anywhere that you go where you, you are just attentive to another person, like to, that you make them more than just the service that they're providing. Like if you go to a restaurant and somebody's serving you and, and you actually call them by their name, like, yeah. cause they'll usually yeah. say like, hi, my name's Paul, welcome. Like, what do you guys want? And if they're just like, oh, you know, this is my order or right. if they're, Hey Paul, how are you doing today? Oh, you care? Yeah. <laughs> um, I tell this story all the time. Um, I blame Father Edwin for this. <laughs> yes. uh, Father Edwin called us all together, youth ministers for a different thing, and he was talking to us about prayer. And he said, you know, instead of asking somebody if they want your prayers and then walking away or hanging up the phone or leaving, pray for them right then. So last summer, we're at uh, we're doing Breakfast of Champions. Maybe it was two summers ago, I don't remember. And Breakfast of Champions, we do a mass on Wednesday morning, and then all the kids come up, and we have pancake breakfast. So we buy instant pancakes. They're like, you pour water in, you shake it, you, you're good to go. And I'm at Walmart, and I'm shopping, and I'm going through the aisles, and there's a lady standing right in front of where this instant the instant pancakes are. And I'm like, okay, I'll go do the rest of my stuff. I'll come back. So 20 minutes later, I come back. She's still there. I'm like, what? Who stands in the breakfast aisle for 20 minutes just standing there? So I leave. I come back again like five minutes later. She's still there. Now she's crying, though. And I was like, oh, man. And being, like, selfish, I was like, I want to go. Like, can you just move? And so finally I just said, ma'am, are you okay? And she just floodgates. And I was like, oh, no. 
I was like, um, can I pray for you? And she was like, what? <laughs> you know, they're like, who are you? Why are you weird? And I was like, can I pray for you? And she was like, yeah. And I did. I just real quick, I like, you know, I said, a, uh, our father. And I said, whatever you're going through, God loves you. I hope things get better. If you need anything, like the church is right down the street. The priest will talk to you. I work there. I can talk to you. We have people that will help, whatever it is. And she just, she gave me a hug and she said, thank you so much. And then she left and that was it. But it was just a small moment where yeah. just, just care about people that you interact with. Um, we do have one last question that came in and I, I think it's a great, it's a great question. Um, it's a very uh, heavy question considering everything that's going on. So um, the question is with everything that is happening right now in the world, we have the coronavirus, we have uh, protests, we have, um, you know, in, in the Middle Eastern countries, we still have religious persecutions that are happening regularly. Statues are coming down in our own country. Um, the church, in some ways, has been very quiet. Um, now, of course, you have some people who get out in front of these things. I know when when um, uh, the statue of uh, Saint, um, oh, up in California, I'm drawing a blank now. Junipero, um, not Junipero. Junipero Serra? Yes. Yes. Was being taken down that like Bishop Barron came out right away and said some things. How do, how can we help the silent, the people who are silent in the church or even the churches who are being silent, how can we help uh, bring courage to the forefront? How do we stand up? How do we, um, as Catholics, stand up to the things that are going on in that situation. Well, obviously, we still have to approach it in a very pastoral way, uh, but to not be afraid to say something. Do you have any uh, words of encouragement for somebody who may be struggling with that? That's hard. Um, yeah. Because things are so polarized now. Yeah. Because um, yeah. things are so polarized now yes. that, that when you're on that side of the issue, it's not the popular you know cultural yeah. side and and those that are on the popular cultural side in general maybe don't want enough and so so I think in, in, in what we've been talking about now is like acting you know and like being the presence of Christ as much as we can yeah and because and, and and I know we want to say something and we should but I don't I don't know if it's just something you just bring into bring the context into the conversation because right. I think that the way things are so polarized you just get pushed back right away yes you know and so I think the best way we can help counter this is for those that who are close to us or those who we have these conversations with and the, and they're like they're like on the other side so to speak is like asking them more about their side yeah. you know and getting to understand where they're at you know and trying to lower the temperature you know mm -hmm. of the conversation by showing the interest and then and then in some way letting them know what your interpretation is of what they think yeah and once they understand that you understand their part I think it's fair to kind of point towards your way yeah you know and and say 
Well, some people think like this, you know, and you're not like trying to force them into anything, but you've like lowered the temperature, you've like taken the time to understand their Mm -hmm. side. So maybe now they're willing to kind of understand maybe what your side is and you yeah. you've established like a trust that, or yeah. a relationship mm-hmm. you know in some way i don't know if it can just be cold because yeah. i think it's just brought it just brings up resistance you yeah know? i really think with with these kind of things um i i i, ref, I uh, reference a lot of things um because i think they they allow for some great teaching moments um the movie paul the apostle um, Paul is in prison and Luke is going to visit. We know that Luke is a physician. And the, the centurion guards who uh, have Paul captive, um, the, the guy who's in charge, he, his daughter is very sick, or his son, I don't remember which one. And he's praying to these false gods. And Paul keeps coming to him and saying, there's one God, I have a friend who can help, and he keeps praying to the false gods, praying to the false gods, praying to the false gods. Till finally he allows Luke to look at his child. And Luke heals the child. And he get, he has a conversation with Paul right before he cuts off his head. Right before he beheads him. And he's like, what if none of this changes what I believe? And Paul's response to him is, what if the point was never to ever change your mind? What if the point was only to introduce you to a different kind of thought? And I think that's the thing. I think... If we're going to be courageous and we're going to stand up for what we know is true, we have to be truthful. Mm-hmm. We have to stand. We have to say, this is what we believe. This is why we believe it. This is the truth. But we also have to understand that we are not going to change people in one conversation. Mm-hmm. We're not going to change people just in one opportunity of witness. We will change some. But the majority of the people right now who are doing these things um, you know, tearing down statues of, of saints and different things like that are people who are operating without full knowledge of, of the lives of the saints or without full knowledge of what the church teaches or um, even in a uh, crowd mentality of everybody else around me says this and is doing this, so this must be true without, without anybody ever standing up and saying, hang on there may be more to this than what you actually know or what you actually may think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will need, you know, we will continue to need courageous deacons like yourself and courageous priests and courageous lay people who will stand up and tell the truth. And mm-hmm. it, will, it will be hard. The, the bishop in Chicago's name that said it, but, but he said, you know, I will die peacefully in my bed and then the, my, my predecessor will die peacefully in jail and my last and, and his predecessor will die in the streets uh, something along those lines I don't remember exactly what it was but it was this current generation of Catholics we're, we're okay and then the next one it's going to get a little bit harder and the one after that it's going to be even harder but that's we have 2,000 years of history of that yeah. and the church is still here with all of the mistakes that we continue to make <laughs> and always will be always will be yeah, it's a great question. It's it's hard to to navigate some of the conversations right now. But if if we stand up and we we know truth and we continue to speak truth, people are attracted to that and they will want to have a conversation. Don't go into it like you're ready to fight. Go into it ready to to talk. So it's about that time. Are we ready we got for a our lightning, lightning round? round? Are we ready? All right.
Are you going to do our timer? Andrew, Andrew's behind the cameras today. All right. You ready, Deacon Mark? I'm ready. All right, what order are we going in this way? Uh, We'll, we'll start with Deacon. Start him, and then, and then you, up, and, and then me. Right, okay. Let's do it. There's the lightning right, round tell promo, us when. so we're ready. We're ready? Lightning round. All right, we'll start off easy. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Vanilla. Chocolate. Coffee or tea? Coffee. 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 Ooh. Superman <laughs> or Batman? Batman. 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 <laughs> Would you rather fly or be invisible? Fly. Invisible. Fly. Every week it's different. It's different. Uh, sleep with your shoes on, shoes and socks on, or the lights on? Lights on. Lights on. Lights on. Explore space or under the ocean? Ocean. Space. Ocean. Eat the same thing every day for lunch or something different every day for a year? Uh, different every day for a year. Yeah, I'm going to go different this week. I'm going to say same thing. Um, always have an itch, like something that itches, or always have a cough. Ooh, that's different. <laughs> I think I'd rather cough than itch, but I'll have my mask on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. itch just because coughing in our society right now is very frowned upon. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with itch because I feel like I always have a mosquito bite all the time anyway. Um, Oh, this is the one for the dentist. Um, only <laughs> oh, no. brush your teeth for a year or only floss your teeth for a year? Um, I have my Sonicare toothbrush, so I will pick my toothbrush. <laughs> I'll go toothbrush. I think I'd go toothbrush. Um, would you rather have an adult brain in a child's body or a child's brain in an adult's body? Adult brain in a child's body. Yep, adult brain, child's body. Agreed. Would you rather speak every language or play every instrument? Play every instrument for sure, yes. Every wow. language. Yes. Every language. Every language. Um, would you rather be able to only only be able to crawl on all fours or only walk backwards? <laughs> um, I'll crawl. I'm good. I'm walking backwards. Would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Ooh. Lead. Read. I think read. Oh, that's a tough one. I know. This one's for Paul. Would you rather never lose your phone again or <laughs> never lose your keys again? Uh, for uh, me, it would be I would never. One of the worst days would be to lose my keys. Yeah, I, I yeah. gotta, I gotta get keys even though I lose them all the time. I still don't know where they are. I'd rather go to keys. <laughs> all right, last one. Oh, no, no, no. Two more. Would you rather spend one year sailing around the world? Or one year living in your favorite foreign country? Sailing. 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 I love the water. All right, last one. Would you rather always have the same song stuck in your head or always have the same dream at night? Oh, man. Song. I don't know. Maybe dreams can be fun. What if it's like a really, like a nightmare? <laughs> I'll go song. <laughs> I think I'd rather go with uh, song. Long second ahead. How'd we do, Andrew? Uh, three minutes, 14 seconds. This yes! is the fastest one! We have no idea. I tried, <laughs> I tried not to slow it down, but one of them was tough. Yeah. I know, the few of them are like. I think we keep time. We'd have to actually go back and watch all the comedy chats to see if anybody's ever done it faster, but we changed the questions. We changed the questions, yeah. we changed the number of questions, and then, like, they know that some of the questions are coming. Yeah, but then I add them, new right? ones yeah. in. Yeah. 
So like they're totally sometimes they're totally <laughs> thrown off when I throw a new one in. They're like, oh shoot, I wasn't ready for that. I'm yeah. like, well. The crawling or walking backwards one led to a very large debate last week. Last None week. of us could figure out what was going on. So, yeah. Deacon Mark, we appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank we you for inviting me. I really am. Everyone has been so welcoming here at All Saints, and I'm looking forward to to meeting everybody and to like yeah. this pandemic thing ending and having everyone show up at mass. <laughs> yes. And, and please say hello to me. They just talk to me. I'm like new here. And I'm like. <laughs> like craving attention so yeah. please come up yeah. to me after mass absolutely so. well thanks so much for joining us we're glad you were with us this week we will be back here next thursday at 11 o'clock with a special guest um to be announced yeah it'll be a surprise special guest yes <laughs> surprise invisible surprise <laughs> invisible. deacon would you like to pray for us yes in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen dear god we thank you so much for offering us your son so we could learn who you are and that we can celebrate that and we can learn who we are in your eyes and who we are to be we hope that we pleased you with all we've done today and sharing our faith and celebrating your presence in our lives please help us to be able to bring that out to the world a world that so desperately needs you we pray this in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen, amen. thanks so much I love Thank that you. we both wore a JP2 I know. Why don't you show them <laughs> off again? Go ahead and show them off. Yeah. That's great. That's funny. <laughs> I tagged Sacrilegious. The odds of that. Yeah. The odds of that's that. That's so funny. I had Scott, that that's morning. for I'm you. Like, I wonder which socks to wear today. And I was like, JP2. It's JP2 day. Yeah. JP2 day. Well, we'll see you back here next Thursday. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs>